it's important to look at the future and this is something that i'm incredibly passionate about it's very easy to look at what you've got now and think you know we're happy with it but it's not about now it never is in any business decision right and it's it's right that payroll and hr should be treated the same so it's about okay where are we going to be in three years in five years time um and i think as as the demands of our customers the employees change so so will our will our functions and i think employees will be calling on us to support employees and support companies in in a different way so i really don't think transformation is going away i think the the fact that society and the employees expectations in their daily lives are being built up to work and to engage in a certain way is going to continue to filter through both hr and payroll functions over the next sort of decade Welcome to the Payroll Podcast with your host, Nick Day. Find out what it takes to truly discover what it takes to elevate your career within payroll as we meet with the industry leaders who are shaping the industry for tomorrow. Today, a really exciting conversation. We're going to be talking all about the six key drivers that impact payroll performance. Now, the results of today's study all stem from a really large research project, which involved asking over 1,300 big and small companies spread across Europe, five countries in particular, to assess the six critical differences that make payroll either, or drivers rather, that make payroll either more easy or more challenging. And the result is a brand new index designed to help all of you as international payroll professionals to make the right choices going forward. Now, we are joined today by a fantastic panel that I'm going to introduce you to. I'll start with uh, myself, who's going to be hosting today's conversation. So my name is Nick Day. I'm founder of JGA Recruitment, and we're a specialist international payroll recruitment company. But I'm also the host of the Payroll Podcast. I'm part of the Reward 300, and I've been working in the payroll space now for over two decades. That's enough about me. Uh, Let me introduce you to the rest of our panel. I'd like to ask Jan if you could introduce yourself. Yeah, good morning. My name is Jan Lorijsen. I'm uh, working in Belgium from uh, SDWorks HQ. Uh, my role is mainly a researcher. I've been with the company for 12 years and doing research for over the last five years. That's one thing. The second thing is that I also coordinate the collaborations that we've had since 10 years with the Antwerp Management School, doing research there as well. And I'm still working on my own PhD also at the University of Antwerp. So passionate to talk about what we've researched uh, over the past couple of weeks and months for you today. Fantastic. And moving from left to right, uh, Simon, if you could introduce yourself. Yeah, good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you. Um, I'm Simon Parsons, Director of UK Compliance Strategies for SD Works, based in the, uh, England, of the United Kingdom. I've been around in the industry for some time, uh, back with uh, SD Works now for 25 years. I have worked for them before in other guises as well. I have an MSc, so I'm Master of Science in Peril Management, and also a member of the Reward uh, 300 and a fellow of the Chartered Institute of Payroll Professionals. Fantastic. And last, but by no means least, oh, Chris, if you can introduce yourself, please. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Um, and good, good to be here. Um, so yeah, Chris, I'm, I'm Chris Kirby. Um, I've, I'm also over a couple of decades now in 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 payroll and HR. Um, previously, I was operational. Um, I, I at one point in time was ahead of global payroll for for Barclays. Um, I've been a consultant for six or seven years, working on different payroll and HR transformation programs. Um, and more recently, I've I've been heading up the payroll division at Lace Partners, and we're a, a boutique HR and payroll transformation. Um, consultancy helping clients with exactly this kind of thing and resolve some of the challenges that I think we're going to touch on today. 
Absolutely fantastic. So an expert panel joining you today. And of course, if you have any questions during the course of this session, please do put them in the chat box. We will do our best to answer those either as we go through or at the end of the session. So if there's any burning questions you want to ask of expert panel, please do put that in the chat box. We are going to ask you all to get involved in a number of polls today as well. We want to get your feedback to, to build on the research we've already taken. I'll talk to you through those in just a moment. Uh, the first poll will be coming up shortly. And when that does happen, you will see a little red dot appear over the polls icon, which should be on the right hand side of your screen. So when we announce there's a poll taking place, have a look for that red dot, click on that little icon, and you should be able to answer the poll. Before we get to our first poll, let me introduce today's agenda for the session. Uh, today, we're going to be talking to begin with uh, about the research itself. Jan's going to be heading that up. Uh, we're then going to move on to the six key drivers that are really impacting payroll performance. That's both the challenging side and things that might make it easier. Uh, the legislation and workforce, how can you ensure payroll stays compliant? Rewarding credibility, how can payroll evolution support a broader HR success? And technology and partnerships, so how do you build a business case for payroll transformation. And if we do have any of those questions, we will go through those at the end of the session. Now, what I'd like to do is introduce our first poll. I want to wake everyone up and see if you uh, if you can get involved in our first poll. So have a look at that first icon should appear. There should be a little red dot, hopefully, that appears over the poll icon in just a moment. And our first question is this. What is your organization's current payroll status? If that red dot has appeared, there should be four options for you to select. One is in-house and happy with solution, outsourced and happy with solution, in-house and unhappy with solution, or outsourced and unhappy with the solution. So while we wait for that, those poll results to come through, uh, please put, put your answers in when you can. We're going to ask one of our experts just to comment on those polls as well. And then when we've got those results, uh, we're going to move into that research side of things. So we're just seeing some of those results shift a little bit at the moment. Uh, good to see that a, a big percentage of people seem to be happy with existing solutions, whether it's in-house or outsourced. Uh, but I see the, uh, the stats are just changing slightly. So we're going to give that a couple of extra seconds. And Simon, if I can begin with you, just as those results start to come through, assume you can see the percentages there. Uh, what are your opening thoughts? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I always think these things come in thirds, Nick, uh, between the three different types of, you think, in for the, certainly for the United Kingdom, how is the payroll market uh, played? And it tends to be a third in-house, a third outsourced, and then a third seems to use, leave it to accountancy type practice. Uh, also, there's an element of evolution of time, and I'm sure we'll cover some of those points, but payroll is rapidly changing even this week uh, with the death of Queen Elizabeth II there are changes impacting UK payroll imminently and there's a question of how do we keep pace with that um, also there's an element of because it's an evolving thing uh, solutions change so sometimes uh, things will get stale and we need to move on and many of us may find that we're in old solutions that need some update and technology advances law advances culture advances yeah, absolutely right. I think that the spread of results shows that everyone's in slightly different phases. And we've seen uh, the world of work accelerate significantly in relation to transformation in particular. So, Chris, any particular thoughts you've got on those results? No, I, th I think just broadly, I think it's it's interesting to, and, and quite consistent with what we've seen elsewhere as well around the, the, the split. Um, I think, you know, the reality is it, it clearly you can have problems with most solutions, but at the same time, everything everything can work and as long as you're, you you get everything lined up and we'll come on to some of this i know during this this session as long as everything's lined up and done done properly um you know there's no reason that any solution can't work 
Absolutely right. Well, let's let's bring Jan into the conversation. Let's want to sort of touch into the research that uh, that this is involved. As you can see, the SD uh, Works Research Intelligence team been heavily involved in creating this study. So I'm going to hand you the floor, if I may, um, Jan, just to uh, to bring us up to speed with the uh, the background to the RNI team and the background to SD Works and the and how you sort of went about creating this uh, this research project. Yeah, great. Thank you. Like I said in the introduction, um, it, research and intelligence is not new to SD Works. The proficiency, uh, the payroll proficiency index is, this is something that we launched new. But if you look at what we do uh, within the company, continuously scan the market to gather marketing comp competitive insights. We got a number of people, a whole team that's actually working on this to keep us up our toes, making sure that we understand how the market is going and where, for instance, also specifically tech solutions are bringing us in the payroll and the HR space. That's one thing. Um, the other thing that we are researching is that we're not only looking at market and at solutions, um, we're also very interested in the whole idea how employers, so specifically also HR professionals, are looking at evolution as what they are needing in the near and the distant future in terms of managing the complexity of HR and payroll. Next to that, uh, we also believe, we also talked about uh, the new world of work, uh, we also believe that we're in a B2B2C business. So what the employee is needing is becoming increasingly important and supporting their employee experience also needs to be taken in account when we think about payroll technology, outsourcing and so on. Also referring back to the poll results, I think they're unhappy with the solutions that, that uh, are implemented right now, but being it in-house or out house is very much related to how we move on and the last thing is that we do a lot of academic research of course um, also thinking about where things are going in terms of HR in terms of careers um, as the labor market is becoming a huge problem uh, all across uh, Europe we're thinking about how can we focus more on careers so that's where we're coming from we've been doing this for 10 years this is something that we have launched new uh, this is a research project that came up um, because, um, like you have introduced, uh, Nick, and like the colleagues already have um, also um, uh, reinforced, the whole idea is that payroll is notoriously complex and it, it differs uh, across the countries, but in, in general, it is very complex. So we thought it would be interesting to also ask in for the moment five countries but we'll be expanding this if all goes right next year to 15 countries how six drivers impact that payroll performance so how we are thinking about doing a better job uh, in payroll both for the sake of hr in terms of managing the complexity but also in terms of the employee experience so six drivers that we'll be explaining we'll get there um like you introduced nick the full project uh, saw over 1300 respondents from all sorts of companies across five countries um in europe to assign the drivers that either made payroll easier or more difficult. It also be included that a number of different pe uh, people from the C-suite have also asked uh, answered these questions. So when we go to, going to get to the key results, we also see how C uh, chief uh, executive officers and chief finance officers are feeling about these topics. Every assessment took about a number of tasks taken into account that payroll HR teams have to deal with before, during, and after calculation of the salaries. And the result of that is a brand new index uh, on a scale of 100, uh, full analysis from our findings to help payroll professionals to improve payroll proficiency. So getting some insights in the idea on a scale of zero to 100, how we are doing more proficiently or not so proficient on a number of to topics and how they differ across different countries that are um, surrounding us. So the UK, France, Germany, Belgium, Luxembourg, that's the whole idea. Super, so should we have a look at how proficient European companies are at 
payroll. And I wonder if you could just talk us through some of these results. Yeah. So how how do how do you read this? Uh, there are some numbers in there, some percentages, and like I said, they represent this index, this proficiency index. So the higher the score, the better we're doing. A country is doing as compared to others on this particular driver. We identified six. We'll come to those back extensively, looking at legislation, the impact of legislation, reward, technology capabilities. So everything that has to do with knowledge of your payroll professionals, workforce and partnering solutions that all include solution. Part of the solution or a uh, bit of the solution in all to do better in payroll. So one score, for instance, is marked here and that's in the United Kingdom. Technology is scoring quite high, which is actually meaning that uh, in the UK and um, Simon will um, get back to this point later. Technology has been evolving quite fast, actually, to make that payroll run faster, go smoother, and so on, so on. So that's actually a differentiator for the UK, as does, which is a score just beneath that, but is not marked, is a 70.2% in terms of capabilities, where the UK is actually taking a head start or is ahead of the market um, because they're doing really well of their investments in technology and both of capabilities of payroll professionals. If you look at another thing, maybe horizontally, look at legislation, then you'll see that the score is a lot lower across the countries, but that, for instance, Belgium and France are, yes, what we may call notoriously complex legislative context. So there we'll have to take into account that this is going to be even more complex and the technology and partnering might be playing a bigger role. At the same time, in terms of technology, Belgium is not so far away from the from UK, for instance, but France is a fit for distance. So we're looking at the different countries, and this may be interesting also for the audience to take a look, to take a deep dive into the report and see where they are doing as a country as compared to the others and what we may have learned from this, uh, and hoping also that the discussions that we have today and the questions that you've prepared for us, Nick, uh, will make some sense of these in the indices and how they can help us to understand payroll proficiency across Europe. Fantastic. Now, I know that obviously the, the study also um, brought, brought out a number of critical insights. And I thought what was really interesting of these insights is, you know, these insights are coming from real C-suite individuals and how yes. they now view payroll. And we're seeing payroll really, you know, raise its profile internationally now post-pandemic and being seen as much more of a strategic and an important part of the overall uh, business economic framework, if you like. So I thought some of these insights were really, really interesting. But I wondered if you could just uh, talk through some of the, the highlighting, uh, highlighted that insights yeah, I think these are more or less these seven are the highlights of the report. So I may not address them all of them, but there are some interesting things to say. So if we start up at the left top, uh, three out of five CSO, CF, CEOs believe the use of technology is making payroll processing easier. At least that gives an idea how strategic management is thinking about payrolling. Um, and also there are uh, over, over half of the CR, which believe partner support is making payroll processing easier. So it gives already an idea that both technology outsourcing uh, is believed to make payrolling easier in a world and especially a legislation that's becoming more complex, more and more complex, as Simon already introduced at the beginning. Um, three out of five HR directors believe manual handling of payroll matters makes payroll processing more difficult, which is actually the opposite of what we just said. Well, of course, manual handling will actually uh, induce more margin of error. So there we also have to think about how outsourcing or technology or both may help us to overcome that problem. Um, and maybe a last one, uh, nearly three out of four CFOs 
believe the use of technology is making payroll processing easier. That's also an important part. If we're also looking at the financial profiles and the financial directions, uh, believing that technology is making these easier and also is coping with errors. So uh, also making error uh, margin of error uh, smaller. I think that there's also a very important support both from CEO and CFO to make things smarter, making going smoother and uh, flawless um, has been supported also by the chief HR. So three C-suite professionals are actually believing or are supporting the idea to the majority that this is going to help us to move forward. And at the same time, um, many of uh, payroll managers believe having access to specific payroll knowledge and know-how makes people processing easier that does not overcome the problem that on the human side of payroll, we're probably gonna have to invest as well in the capabilities to keep up to speed with all these uh, all this complexity and the speed of changes in legislation. So both technology outsourcing and capabilities will get us ahead probably uh, in making this more easier and running more smoothly. Super. I think one thing that I really like looking at this uh, from my perspective is it shows that now I think payroll often internationally has been a relatively underinvested function. But here, if, if the financial directors, if the HR directors and the other rest, the rest of the C-suite are identifying, if we invest in payroll, whether it's international, whether it's domestic, then we can make that whole function more strategic. We can make it easier. We can make processing more, more accurate and more efficient. Then this is a really, really positive a set of insights that this research project has brought back to us because finally now we're going to see some real investment hopefully being put into payroll departments across the world but i'd love to get your take on some of these results and whether you're finding the same things chris yeah absolutely um i i think you know these like you said it's it, you touched on it earlier it's the, the changing face of payroll in part um I think people are looking at payroll, which has traditionally been like a transactional and back end sort of function um, and looking at what payroll can actually offer. Right. Um, and part of that is saying, OK, well, hang on a minute. The core of that transactional offering is the process. So why have we got people sat doing the process, doing the day to day, spending all this time doing that when actually we've got all of this additional complexity, all of these additional requirements we need them to be handling? How can we get that processing away from them and how can we make that much much easier and much more streamlined to enable the broader support that we're we're looking for and that really comes from the top as we've been discussing absolutely right now i know that everyone on this webinar is really keen to discover what the six key drivers are to payroll success we're about to get to that part of the webinar but before we do i'm going to ask everyone just to get involved if they can into our next poll which is I want to find out and we want to find out what your biggest payroll challenge currently is. So there's a few options here for you. If you can, again, look for that red dot that should appear just in just a moment on your poll screen. Uh, and the options are going to be staying compliant with evolving legislation, managing a variety of contracts and reward packages, a lack of internal payroll expertise, payroll software that doesn't meet your needs, or a lack of external partner support. So if you can just hopefully navigate to the right-hand side of your screen, there should be a red dot over the polls option. And if you can uh, tell us what your current biggest payroll challenge is, it'll be interesting to see how this aligns with the, uh, the six key uh, drivers that we're going to be introducing to you all in just a moment. Um, and as the results come through, I'm going to come back to you, uh, Simon, again, if I may, just to, just to keep the, uh, the panel uh, uh, active and, and involved uh, to comment on some of the results as they come through. Sure. 
Uh, interesting how they're bouncing around at the moment, Nick, and seeing yes. uh, w which uh, role from. It's a bit like watching the horses at a little penny push type thing event. Well, I think it's interesting. It suggests that someone they're clicking on one option and realizing you can only select one, and then changing their minds yes. when they realize something else is slightly more challenging, perhaps. Yes, but but actually, I think the results are coming in quite nicely there in the fact of managing a variety of contracts and reward packages. I think increasingly that's becoming more difficult in the world of payroll as we go into the operation of how that interacts with tax, social insurance or national insurance as we know it, and other elements that uh, conflict with national minimum wage. So it's interesting. Uh, and also in the UK at the moment, we're in a very much of a flux time, especially change of monarch, change of prime minister. Um, things are going to change rapidly over the next few weeks. Yeah, absolutely right. I think if uh, I recall when we talked about Jan's um, initial how proficient are European companies at payroll, we had a section there on reward. Um, and some of the results were were changing. I think France was 61% right up to the United Kingdom 662 So we know this is something that's certainly infiltrating uh, payroll more and more as a challenging uh, challenging area of discussion. So let's move forward then. Thank you everyone for getting involved in that poll. Uh, I'm just going to reset that while I can. And we'll introduce the six drivers to payroll success. Uh, we've, we've brought these down to legislation. So uh, we're dealing with a complex regulatory landscape that leaves many confused by compliance and slow to adapt. Workforce, the bigger your workforce, the more employee profiles, contract types and compliance obligations you have to manage. Uh, reward, which we've just discussed. Uh, capability, access to specialist knowledge, of course, and skills and expertise, which you all need. It's a really specialist area. So we need that for a smooth running of any payroll. Technology, which we've talked about already. In, in detail and we're going to talk about it some more about how the digital maturity can really make life easier for payroll and partnerships something i think sometimes often overlooked but actually a critical factor to to the success of any payroll operation so these are the six drivers that the study has 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 brought, brought out and of course the link i have now put into the the chat notes for those that haven't downloaded it yet please you can access that at the end of the of the call um what i'd like to do though is uh, just have a look at some of this research starting with legislation because according to the research the results said that more than one in four large companies are actually struggling with the complexities of payroll legislation now simon is a legislation expert so i'd love to ask you simon what your thoughts are on those results uh, yes, I think it's uh, fairly typical and it's what we would probably um, predict or expect, but the changing landscape of legislation and its impact. But even with COVID-19 and the change of workforce, and even with the cost of living crisis, business demands are changing. People are needed for work, yet business is struggling to carry on. So there are a number of aspects which play into complexities. Not all of them are payroll legislation, but have overlapping legislative impacts. Uh, also, the government are catching up on much of this. So there is government set payroll legislation, and then there are employment right impacts, then the, that overlays with employer set policies and contractual terms and conditions that people have. And those are associated with court ruling so we've had a significant one in the UK a couple of weeks back at the Supreme Court um, which all change our understanding they don't change the law they just change the interpretation of what they mean sometimes significantly how to ensure that we as employers align and and the same challenge will be available 
will be across Europe in Belgium, Luxembourg, the Netherlands. They've all got uh, varying work committee uh, changes in rules, which then impacts everyone. How do you handle that consequential conflict that occurs? Because they, the, the history of how we treat employment and what the law says will conflict at times. So the government in the UK this year has launched further data requirements that they're requiring employers to potentially implement, uh, SIC and SOC codes. Um, how do you hand handle all that. So what are the typical areas of complexity that employers are struggling with? Employment rights, equality, tax management of reward, pension complexities, auto-enrolment is a major challenge here. It's now going into Ireland, Guernsey, other places as well. Employers appear to really understand the and struggle with how national minimum wage works because national minimum wage is not about the pay rate, it's about the rate of pay received after the impact of other aspects and work time, because we're very poor in the UK at recording actual work time. And then we've also got the um, recent court ruling in the Supreme Court about holiday pay. So the legislative landscape is challenging and varied all the time. And of course, now with the new Prime Minister, which will predate this research in the United Kingdom, we're likely to have an emergency budget within weeks, which may change things further. Absolutely right. I think something else that uh, for an international payroll audience, I'm sure they'll be able to uh, to take on board is that we've got a very much a, a changing workforce now. The composition, we've got the rise of, of the gig economy, we've got Generation Z and, and, and everything else that's going on. Some of the results came back that said that 19% of respondents said that overall workforce composition, which I think is a really interesting word in the current world of payroll, is making the payroll processing more challenging. And this rises to over a third of large multinational enterprises. So, Simon, I wonder if you can explain you know, how workforce composition is starting to complicate that payroll process. Uh, sure. I'll give you some of my personal views, which maybe we can overlay with that. But composition could refer to a number of differing things that cover different ingredients of employment circumstance, which make up a mixture of differing groups of employees, teams, responsibilities and circumstance. Uh, that mixed into differing pay frequencies, differing reward strategies. And when multiple differences are in play, things can easily become a muddle opposed to the other composition type of musical excellence. So there's an element of making a composition a musical excellence rather than just a muddle. And when multiple differences are in play, um, uh, they can start creating oppositions between different things. So overlaying the complexities of employment law and payment rules can be a significant challenge. And the social differences between different worker types, whether salaries, hourly, casual, gig economy, etc. Monitoring control can become problematical to ensure that all the compliance obligations that befall on an employer organization are maintained. Then that is throwing in with political and economic uncertainty and the challenges being faced with the cost of living crisis that we're all seeing. Expect more complexity to be announced over the next short while. It's all part of that composition. I love that composition uh, uh, sort of thought process. You think of the payroll professional as the composer. And as the organization gets bigger, you bring a few more things in. It just overlays the complexity. You bring in technology, pay on demand, legislation changes, pay frequencies and all these things. Payroll people very much are like composers as that organization gets bigger, which I think is a really interesting way of thinking about it. But I guess the 
the main question, Simon, and this is the probably a, a, a huge question we can have a webinar about all on its own, is how do we overcome that complexity and still remain compliant during significant workforce growth? Yeah. Now, increasingly business leaders, and we're seeing that in the results of the this uh, research, are seeing that the complexities are best dealt with by engaging with expert partners who have the skills to act and apply the change so that they focus on their core business uh, requirements. They focus on running their business. Do they have to deal with all these complexities around overlay? And I think partnership becomes a key player into that arena. So it's, it's something that's picked up significantly over the past 20 years is, I don't understand this, I'll give it to someone who does who can help me and guide me. So ultimately, the employer makes choice on its policies and applications. However, they benefit from expert guidance to work their way through the legal and compliance complexities that so many are struggling with. Competent technology also plays a significant part. Computers are rapidly changing, but they're brilliant at undertaking simple logic processes very quickly. They're really quite silly and stupid. They like yes and no answers but you can overlay multiple uh, simplicity to handle complex issues and challenges in decision-making. Um, so uh, equally, this is where technology plays in so that it can actually deal with uh, complexities and make them simpli uh, simplified. So expert partners and modernizing technology can simplify many complex processes, assuming the employer chooses processes that do comply. And I think it is a challenge. We're moving from a transition of employers um, operating in more traditional methods that need to modernize into a more modern world to deal with modern workforce and modern legal requirements. And some of the recent rulings do show that some industries are still attempting to practice um, elements which are uh, technically unlawful. And so well, it's that change. Something I really liked about your response there, Simon, is you've touched upon some of these key drivers we're going to get into more detail for, one of which, of course, is partnerships. Another, of course, is technology. Have you ever asked yourself, how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. Before we get into those areas, though, we, we realized from the poll results there that reward is a particular challenge as payroll you know, becomes more of a hybrid role, really, and brings more reward elements into, into the position. The rewarding capability is, is proving a, a challenge for a number of global payroll professionals at the moment. So with just under half of the respondents saying that their reward policy has had no impact on their payroll processing, which is interesting based on the poll results we've had today, uh, I'd like to know sort of your thoughts on that, Simon, but also as reward and remuneration grows more complex and its impact is therefore is going to increase, 
I guess, how are companies changing their approach to reward and, and why? And perhaps maybe I can start with you, Jan, to give me some of some of your insights from the research that you did to, to help answer that question. Yeah, maybe not entirely from the research, but one of the trends, and Simon already referred to that, one of the big um, trends that we see is the what we call the personalization of the employment relationship. And that turns out that reward is going to be more and more personalized in all sorts of ways. And we may talk about variable pay. In Belgium, we're talking about flex income plans. Uh, basically, the opportunity for um, employees to choose themselves how and when they want to be rewarded. And this is obviously a big challenge for traditional systems when we don't have um, technology enough or the opportunities to work on that short notices. And it's become more and more uh, important for organizations from also an employee experience point of view to make sure that they can accommodate or that they can cater for the needs of their employees to actually fulfill those needs in a personalized reward uh, landscape. Therefore, it's so important. That's also why the point you made, the first point is that under half of the business belief reward policy has no impact. I think we will have no choice uh, but to change reward and to comply or to actually find new ways to reward people uh, and to cater for those personalized needs uh, in terms of reward. So yes, it will impact um, um, this relationship. And yes, it will impact reward technology. Uh, on top of that, as Simon and also Chris referred to, things are becoming more and more complex to actually manage that complexity on top of that personalized employment relationship and reward relationship, that is the big challenge at the moment. And there's a stat that really stands out for me here. I'm, I'm sure the international payroll community on this, uh, on this webinar will feel the same, but it says here that nearly one in four, so that's almost 25% of HR directors believe their company's lack of capability is making payroll processing more difficult. So Chris, if I can come to you, what are some of the most common capa capability gaps that you're seeing when it comes to payroll? Yeah, that, that is an interesting one. And, and it's, a, it's also a tough one because, you know, the, Boldly, lack of capability suggests a level of incompetence, and that that's actually really the case when it comes to sort of a pure payroll element. So, people under people's understanding of calculations and and how to actually get people paid it is fundamentally there. Um, and, and if it wasn't, then realistically there'd be far bigger problems than we even see in the press. Okay, um, if, if you see what I mean. So, I think from the conversations we've had with you know HR and payroll leaders, it's more often the what I'd call maybe the peripheral skills that, that their teams don't necessarily support very well. Um, so a lot of the time, this may relate to change and having a mindset of both supporting and executing change within a company. Um, maybe a lack of desire around you know seeking opportunities for improvement and moving away from the status quo. And we've spoken a lot today already about you know manual and, and onerous processes. Um, I think another one is collaboration along a very similar line. So whether that's with you know HR teams, people teams, or, or, or IT teams, for example, you know one of the phrases I've heard many companies talk about is is the walls being up when it comes to change and and that sort of collaboration with other areas to to deliver a service that meets these employees' expectations. Um, I think just just being very honest as well. I think in some cases it is really as basic as doing things in a more automated fashion. Um, we, we still work with and see clients who are doing things on paper and very manually that can easily be done even in sort of Excel, let alone via a better payroll system or via, via a service provider. Um, and lastly, I think, again, just to reiterate a lot of the, the conversation we've had already today around it's, it's that complex side of things where, where the truly specialist skills are required. So, you know, you might have global mobility, acquisitions, especially in this modern environment where so many companies, the, the landscapes are changing and they're relying on payroll for such, you know, a, a different level of support. 
um, those processes are very complex and also time pressured. Um, so they add to the complexity that we've already discussed to some extent today. Um, I think broadly, I'd say there's a word, you know, agility is is important. And I think this, this, is, this underpins a lot of what we're talking about. Um, ultimately, the amount of time and focus that payroll teams and functions are having to spend on just delivering the processing limits their ability and their time to be agile and respond to legislation changes, uh, you know, policy changes, acquisitions, all that kind of thing, and, and also just to handle this complexity. Fantastic. We know as a, as a payroll recruiter here that actually trying to fill those capability gaps can be quite challenging, and it often does lead to, to major payroll transformation taking place as a result of that. But we also know that it's 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 sometimes difficult to get HR sometimes to buy into the transformation when they've got so many other strategic priorities to to balance. So how do we go about, you know, helping ensure that payroll transformation is, in, you know, at the top of an HR person's agenda so that we can really get them to buy into to a payroll transformation? Maybe, Jan, you, you might have a response to that. Yeah, like I said, I think it's uh, it's very important to understand that payroll uh, proficiency is one of the most important attributes. Uh, uh, things contributing to employee experience, a positive employee experience. So getting that right, getting that basic right is actually crucial for the whole operation, HR operation to be credible at all. So I think that is one of the major things that HR should be thinking about. And yes, it's a very important one. Uh, and it actually refers back to a make or buy decision, whether you want to invest in actually developing all the capabilities and the technologies to master that process yourself, which is a huge task, or consider to actually leave it up to a partner that can do that for you who's investing whose prime prime focus is payroll and doing that right for a number of customers and focusing on that so i think it's um a factor of hygiene actually of hr service to get that right uh from the first time fantastic i think you have jan's made a brilliant case there for why it's absolutely important for an hr uh, the hr agenda for payroll transformation but of course not all payroll functions are based within HR. It may not always be uh, an HR director's uh, responsibility or, or, or under their remit to, to approve a, a payroll transformation project. So I'm going to run another poll here because I think it'd be really interesting to find out which function within your own payroll organizations um, is would be responsible for influencing a transformation. So just bear me a minute. If you can go again, navigate to the right-hand side of the screen, there should be a little red dot that appears above the poll icon. I'd like to ask you all this. Which function is most influential at your organization when it comes to power transformation? My assumption is the responses will be HR, but I want to know if I'm if I'm correct in that assumption or are we seeing a changing landscape or, or a slightly different landscape to that? Um, interestingly, I see the poll results already starting here. We're, we're fixed at 100%, but we're just starting to shift around. Um, Simon, I haven't come to you for a little while. I, I do like to come to you for poll results. So what are your thoughts as these uh, these results start to finalize? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, it's still the uh, debate of where payroll sits that we get yeah. um, all the time. And uh, it seems many would say it's traditionally HR, um, but quite often finance is fairly high. Um, the other drivers, um, I'm surprised they're not more because uh, quite often um, I, payroll technology can get fairly stale. Technology changes quite a lot. However, they're not the prime uh, influencer of payroll progression and change. They're more of a, your software's gonna not work anymore after two sure. years because Microsoft has withdrawn something or other. Um, so interesting statistical, but uh, we've still got about a, um, a two thirds, three thirds, uh, three quarters type HR influence being shown there. Um, yeah, 
Uh, I think that's positive based on on the research and response that Jan just gave as to why it should fit that way. You know, the the impact payroll can now have on the employee experience is is critical. So I think that's uh, for me that's quite an encouraging statistic to see, and hopefully we'll 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 see that increase over time. But um, you mentioned their technology um in in some detail, Simon. Let's take it on to that part of the the drivers then, because um the studies here I found I thought were really interesting, and the research showed that stakeholders at all seniority levels believe that digitalization has had a real positive impact on the total cost of payroll processing. So, Chris, if I can go back to you, I wondered if you could help um, demonstrate that belief through proof, really. What metrics and KPIs should people be putting in place to measure the performance of payroll technology, bearing in mind every payroll is completely unique and therefore there is potentially really no one-size-fits-all approach? Yeah, absolutely. And that certainly is the case, Nick. Um, I think, firstly, it's important to acknowledge that, you know, the cost of payroll processing and the, or sorry, the cost of processing payroll, it's not just that hard bottom line financial cost. I think you have to weigh in the, you know, what are called hidden costs and look at where the time that teams and functions are spending processing is could be better invested to add value to the business. Um, I think it's becoming more prominent as we've touched now that side of things, as we touched on today already. Um, the, the products offer a lot more, for instance, in terms of reporting capacity, and, and that can be utilized by payroll functions to offer a far broader level of, of sort of support. Um, I think, you know, summary, I think it needs to be there for a holistic view as opposed to too targeted. But there are, of course, you know, some specific metrics that we can use to, to track performance. And if I look at technology specifically, as you've asked, I think, you know, system availability or uptime is, is a critical one. You know, the time taken to process payroll and, and the number of payroll errors or rejections that are attributed solely to the technology. So the coding, the decision making that the technology itself is making rather than things like you know data errors, which probably stem from from upstream. I think those are the kind of critical things you'd attribute you know, directly to the technology. Um, I think equally or more important maybe is is some company specific challenges probably led to a to a decision to digitalize so clearly it's important to focus on on those when you're looking at metrics and kpis trying to define and monitor success so typically they'd encompass things like data accuracy and timeliness um the amount of time it takes for bank transfers or pay slips to be available for example or issues with you know reporting to to authorities some of the the, the key items um, I think broadly, it comes down to that business case and why, why you're dis digitalizing. I think, you know, changing the role of the team from transactional to more strategic and change focus should maybe track the amount of manual involvement they continue to have as a measure of success. Um, the other end of that is purely financial cost saving. You know, if, if that's why you were doing it, then clearly you'd be looking more at the cost per payslip figures, you know, factoring all internal and external costs. But, you know, back to your point, Nick, as you said, no one size fits all. And it's it's therefore very hard to offer a specific answer. Um, so, you know, I've covered some of the, the, the key ones there, but really the message is just to pay attention to why you were doing it and measure your performance against your own drivers. I can't, a great response. I can't emphasize enough as well. If you haven't downloaded the payroll proficiency index yet, do click on that link and get down to it. Because, you know, I, I don't process payroll, but I'm in the payroll industry and I found some of the results absolutely fascinating. And some of the statistics that come, come from the research that Jan and his team have put together have been, well, I, I, we're trying to bring some of them to life uh, here on this webinar. One of those stats that came out actually was that 72% of CEOs believe that having an expert partner makes payroll easier. But from what I also thought was interesting to play devil's advocate here is only 38% of payroll officers 
felt the same way. And we've talked a lot about how the, the C-suite now has bought into this payroll transformation project. But of course, you know, payroll has many, many hierarchical levels. And we want to make sure that everybody is engaged in transformation. So Chris, to come back to you as, a, as an HR and payroll transformation expert here, what can we do and what can HR leaders do in particular to really help achieve buy-in for payroll transformation at every seniority level? Yeah, this this is an absolutely fantastic question. Um, it, it's something that personally I've experienced at both ends of this kind of spectrum. Um, and I think on one hand, you, you've got the pushback from payroll teams, right? And, and I think there's a reality that here it's about transparency, about being clear and aligned on what you're looking to achieve. Uh, achieve sorry. So using an example, if you're an organisation who doesn't already have a payroll partner, um, your payroll officers are likely to have been enrolled for potentially some time. You know, in-house systems, you rely on significant internal knowledge and experience. And, and these guys are the people that are providing it. Right. Um, so I think within that, there's both pride angles and trust angles. I think people we're, we're humans. and I think believing you're good at what you do, which is the case in, in a lot of cases, um, but also believing it, it can't be done better by a partner. So I think, therefore, you know, at that end of the scale, it's important to work with your teams to highlight the opportunities that a partner picking up the processing can create. Um, but also not just for you, but as the department as a whole, and as we've been talking about freeing up that time and, and re, you know, repurposing those payroll resources. I think engagement's also key there, just keeping them engaged all the way through. Um, I think it's also about pulling both sides of the debate into the middle <clears throat> to, and, and really it's aligning on the why you're doing it. So if you're a leader who feels finding a partner is the best approach, you really need to listen to and understand the reasons that your payroll officers are maybe not immediately feeling it's a sensible or even possible a possible step to take. But similarly, if you're a payroll officer who thinks it's impossible, you need to articulate why and help define the path to making it possible. So I think at the other end of the spectrum, <clears throat> you you know you may have an aligned payroll function and your payroll officers are supportive of change and wanting this this to happen, but you're struggling to get approval from above. And I think this is where, where it's really key to align on your chain, align your chain, sorry, to specific business initiatives or challenges. So, you know, cost saving, risk reduction, growth, they're all examples of businesses may of areas, sorry, that businesses may be focusing on. So it's important to align align to those. I think again, in summary. In both cases, I think it's incredibly important just to understand and be clear about what the current problems are that you need to resolve with the change. And it's about demonstrating why that change will provide the resolution. That's that's really what most people want to understand before buying in at, at any level. Yeah, I love that. And you mentioned you know, cost saving, risk and growth. It's really interesting here because often financial directors, HR directors may think that payroll doesn't need transformation because payroll is being paid accurately and on time every month. Why do we need to invest in something that's already working? But you've highlighted three critical points there. It's not just anymore about paying people on time. It's are we doing it efficiently? Are we generating the data? Are we use, making sure it's, you know, it, it's safe and secure and all the different things that you've mentioned there? And is it going to work for us as we do scale and grow? And I think that's where we're really seeing a lot of transformation take place now. And often it's the payroll officers, you know, working at ground level, doing those calculations that will actually be able to identify some of the quick wins for you as well. So as you say, it's really important that everybody's engaged at all levels. And we've seen as well that there's been huge success in partnering with real experts to make transformation run smoothly. And the research identified four areas where payroll partners in particular can offer real significant value. And one of those was calculating payroll, one was collecting and integrating data, 
managing transfers uh, to governments and handling payroll documents as well. So, Chris, I wonder if you could just talk through some of these insights for us and, and how they can help payroll leaders to really craft that, that critical business case that they might need to put together to deliver to their HR uh, director or finance director, whoever it might be, to get that external support. Yeah, of course. I think, you know, clearly in many, many businesses, pulling these core pillars of payroll together and giving them to an expert partner um, can create significant opportunities when it comes to some of the things we've already spoken about, you know, risk, cost reduction, supporting growth, agility, all those good things. Um, I think that, you know, that's probably the obvious one. I think what, what we're talking about across these four areas, though, are fundamentally the core parts of a payroll process. So what, what they really leave um, is the activity that's focused more on governance, control and supporting the business, whether that's generally or via, you know, change initiatives and support and that side of things. I think that leads us back to one of the underlying points we've already covered around resources being freed up to support businesses more in those areas, being repurposed. Um, and it, it really is. You, you've, you've said it yourself, Nick. It's a fantastic opportunity for payroll to raise their profile. Right. And to play a much more proactive role in the business. So I think. I'd say while it's important to factor the impacts of those core elements into your business case, I think it's equally important to focus on resolving that that hidden cost and the, that that side of things, as, as well as the other opportunities generated by giving that you know predominantly transactional activity to to an expert partner. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm actually seeing some, you know, we've got a global audience on this webinar today, but we've actually seen, you know, I think what Scott Morris, an Australian prime minister, really praised the, the work that payroll professionals undertook during the pandemic and, and handling all that changing legislation. It's the same here in the UK and across the globe, the way that payroll professionals have adjusted to the changing legislation, the changing landscape, the changing digitization of payroll, I think has been really, really impressive. And all of these things are, are helping to contribute to, to raising that profile. And hopefully today's webinar has brought together some of those key six drivers through Jan's amazing research that are really impacting the success or indeed that the challenging aspects of payroll delivery. The key takeaways that, that we've taken from the session hopefully is, you know, and, and please, this will all make more sense when you have the index that you read through as well, because legislation is evolving. Compliance is a very much a moving target. And Simon has talked about that at length today. Payroll proficiency is the first step towards achieving big picture HR goals. So you can really need to, to look at some of the things we talked about today and bring those into your case studies. If you're looking to make a payroll transformation case study or project, you want to deliver that to your HR director, you know, please do bear in mind the six takeaways from, uh, from, from today's research. Uh, a post-pandemic reward policy should naturally lead to more complex payroll. Well, we've seen that in the poll results. Over 40% of you said that reward uh, potentially is the most challenging aspect that you're faced with at the moment in your payroll operation. Payroll technology is never a one size fits all, but should always integrate with your current stack. I think Chris really brought that to life here. Every payroll department globally is unique. There's no one size fits all. There's no payroll departments exactly the same. So make sure the technology is right for your business and, and you can really sort of look and leverage that the partnership expertise that people have out there to help make sure that works for you. And we talked about partnerships and how they should really focus on empowering internal teams. I'd love to um, come back to you, Jan, if I may, and just wonder if there's any additional takeaways or any additional things you'd like to leave our, our audience with here before uh, before we close the show. Well, I think it's important you refer to it shortly, Nick, and said, okay, but what if management, if we want to make the business case, but management is quite pleased with how things were going and how things we are doing now. I think that the payroll proficiency index is also an opportunity to think again about the setup that you have now in terms of payroll. How future proof is this what we're doing right now? Given what we found in the in the, uh, the payroll proficiency index and also what Simon was referring to, given 
legislation, given post-COVID, given what is going on right now in the UK, fast-moving, changing legislation, uh, a changing reward policy um, landscape where we're looking at the personalization of the employment relationship is going to continue to be more complex in the nearby future. I think it's the right time to use these results and to think about and to make the business case for your payroll solution at the moment in terms of how future-proof are we and isn't it time to rethink it and either to make investments in technology, in partnering, uh, also in your own capabilities and how future-proof can we make the current solution that we have or do we have to change it radically? I think that's the most important thing that we draw from the study. Uh, this is not this is not going to end. So I'm looking forward to talk you through some of the results that we'll be having next year and when we have the results about 15 countries to see how this is evolving. And it's my expectation that it's not going to be better. It's going to be even more complexity on the legislative side probably. Um, but again, maybe also some ideas how people are moving towards technology partners. Maybe Simon, you can also round out on that one. But that's a, a, at least one of the things, one of wake-up calls, I think, that the pay payroll efficiency index might mean for the audience to think about how future-proof are we doing on our payroll at the moment in terms of complexity for HR, but also, and let's not forget that, in terms of employee experience in the end, because that's what, what it's all about. Yeah, Simon, I wonder if you can just uh, build on, on, on Jan's point there. Yeah, sure. I think there's an element of we're moving, aren't we? Uh, there's an element of if I go back 20 years, uh, the industry was probably an industry that didn't really like change too much. We knew that change would come each April, but that was about it. And I think we're now into a world where change is the, the standard normality and things are changing all the time. And we're going to go through a period of change, certainly in the United Kingdom, over this next little while. You know, it's obvious it was part of the prime minister election campaign that things would change. And are we prepared for that? But I think um, us as humans are more akin to change and choice than we were 20 years ago. So the human demand on employment is significantly going to impact UK business and business across the world as we make choices and we're in that area of, well, actually, I can choose something different. Sure. I mean, certainly from my perspective, we work with clients all over the globe in, in terms of recruitment. and We've never seen more transformation take place in the world of payroll than I've ever, you know, than I've ever seen before in 20 years in this industry. I'm seeing more transformation. It's not always technologically based, but a lot of it is. But, you know, we're seeing organizational restructures, transformation in terms of the way that the, the payroll departments are set up, who you're paying borderless payments now with people hiring workforces from different locations. And of course, the technological uh, transformations that we're seeing in abundance. I've, I've, it's never been busier in, in my experience and every payroll person I seem to speak to now is going through some level or degree of transformation. I'd love to just uh, maybe finish with yourself, Chris, and seeing whether you predict that to continue, you know, what you'd expect to see a year from now if we revisit this uh, this presentation with the extra countries involved as, as, as Jan's team are going to be taking on board and you know what you'd expect to see from a transformation perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think really just to echo some of what Jan and, and Simon also said, I think it's it's important to look at the future. And this is something that I'm incredibly passionate about. It's very easy to look at what you've got now and think, you know, we're happy with it. But it's not about now. It never is in any business decision. Right. And it's it's right that payroll and HR should be treated the same. So it's about, OK, where are we going to be in three years, in five years time? Um, 
and ultimately are we set up to support not not only the the function as it sits today and and will sit in the future but also our employees and th this is an increasing lens right Jan touched on it employee experience is massive um and payroll need to uh, and will be playing a lot more of a part in that you know Nick you've touched on pay on demand already on this call that financial well-being element is a much broader sort of topic um and I think as as the demands of our customers the employees change so so will our will our functions and i think employees will be calling on us to support employees and support companies in in a different way so i really don't think transformation is going away i think the the fact that society and the employees expectations in their daily lives are being built up to work and to engage in a certain way is going to continue to filter through both hr and payroll functions over the next sort of decade and we'll probably be looking at a very different picture um, when we have this call in 10 years time um I, I do think just onto your last point when the research does expand out really i'd expect a lot more of the same because a lot of what we've spoken about today are fundamental pillars of what we see across the board you know th there are clearly we saw in in the, the research some specific locations where for instance legislation is a, a lot more heavy and a lot more of an impact but broadly the challenges really are the same and the pillars that you're building on across payroll globally are, are very much consistent yeah, I couldn't agree more. And so a couple of things just to build on there slightly, because what we've seen in the market, and actually well, I'm sure what everyone who's on this webinar has experienced, including the panel here, is the great resignation, right? And that's, a lot of that's been driven globally by employees deciding that they want more from their employer. And Payroll has a huge role to play in that in terms of the solutions they provide, the, uh, the services they provide, both in the attraction of staff to that business and the retention of that staff. And it's not just about paying people on time anymore it's about the reward options you're providing you know the, the way that their payslip is provided and all the different elements that go into that so i think you know payroll at the minute is having a, a massive massive impact on things like the great resignation and that employee experience and i think it can have a really really positive role to play going forward in building on that that employee experience piece and that uh, you know the employer as consumer if you like uh, relationship that i think we're seeing develop i think the second point technology brings in which is you know data now is considered the most valuable commodity in the world and payroll has access to significant amounts of data. And if we can leverage that and use technology smartly to really you know, use data to support those HR decisions and strategic elements and broader objectives they need to achieve. And I th again, I think that's a real positive play, you know, piece that payroll can have a, a, an impact into uh, to really help raise the profile as well. But fantastic research, um, Jan, a brilliant uh, payroll um, index for everyone to download. Thank you ever so much for joining me. I can't see any Q&As uh, for us panel to answer today. So I just want to take this opportunity to thank you everyone for getting involved in the polls. Um, I believe the, uh, the link has been put into the chat notes for all of you to download as well. And of course, these slides will be made available along with the recording post-session. So just leads me to say a huge thank you today to Jan Larison, Research and Intelligence at SD Works for joining us, Simon Parsons, Director of UK Compliance at SD Works, and Chris Kirby, HR Transformation Expert at Lace Partners for joining us on this webinar today. I hope you found it useful and we look forward to bringing you another uh, webinar, hopefully on this study again in a year's time, but others before that in the near distant future. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the Payroll Podcast with Nick Day of JGA Recruitment. If you need help with a current payroll vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time. <laughs>